0: And welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Rob the Genius Podcast. Uh, this episode, we are talking a lot about Diddy, because this may have been the fastest moving news story I've ever talked about on the show. Um, I mean, we're going from grand opening to grand closing in a matter of days, so I do manage to get the whole thing <laughs> included, Um Also, got a little bit to say about, a little more to say about Israel, or at least kind of try to make sense of why so many people have such a hard line, kind of supportive stance, you know, even though, you know, such a degree that it's kind of beyond comprehension for a lot of, especially younger people. Um, I'll try to explain that a little bit, not to condone it, but just to kind of explain, you know, the, how we got the, why, um, and Andre 3000 has a new album. i going to talk about it and whatever else I managed to get to before I finish recording. <laughs> so, uh, we do have, uh, been a few weeks in the old NFL and the old commanders there. Um, yeah, I mean, beat the Patriots, lost to the Seahawks. And by the time you hear this, they will have played their next game. And I keep forgetting who it's against. So let me check with the credit research department really quick. All right, we play the Giants, which is good and bad because the, the Giants stink. And they're right now. Their starting quarterback is Tommy DeVito, who um no relation to Danny DeVito, but it might as well be. It might as well be Danny DeVito. <laughs> but of course, with the Commanders' defense as bad as Tommy DeVito has been, he's probably going to look good against us, because we like making opposing quarterbacks look good, especially in the fourth quarter. So expect them to win, or whether we win or lose. How many Vito's probably gonna have the best game of the season, his best game of the season. Cause that's what we do. <laughs> oh boy. I mean look, we're not gonna make playoffs at this point, really. Um I put down a futures bet, you know, over six and a half wins. So I just need I just want to get the seven wins. And so I can cash in my futures bet. And then we can get on to the off season and we you know, getting our new coach and new GM and all that good stuff. Because Ron Rivera is out of here. And, you know, we're kind of in that war of attrition part of the season now. Joe Burrow, quarterback in Cincinnati, is out for the season. Um, Mark Andrews, tight end. Baltimore is out for the season. Yeah, we're starting to see more and more of those out for the season kind of deals here. And... You know, making it through the season is not just about talent. It's about health. And, and look, look at this point in the season, everybody's hurt. Like, nobody's 100% healthy. But the healthiest team, well, was, you know, is as much of a contender as the most talented team. We're talking late in the season. So, we'll see how it goes. Um... And, um, yeah, excuse me for yawning there. It's about 6.30 on a Saturday, and I had a little, um, <laughs> put a little jack in the, the iced tea there. So, uh, yeah, I may not be up very long here tonight. <laughs> but anyway, nah, it, We got, about seven more weeks in the season? So, something like that. Right now, the Chiefs are the favorites for, for sure. Everyone else is kind of. Play catch up. Well, we'll see. Eagles, I think they play the, the Chiefs play the Eagles this week. So, I mean, the Eagles are definitely a, you know, favorite to win the NFC. Detroit Lions I, That's nothing to even put a future bet down on to the win their division. So, I'm hoping, you know, hanging on to that one, too. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're going to get to the meat of the show here. And look, I mean, at one point I had about almost an hour of recorded stuff about this whole Diddy thing, and I dumped about. That wasn't an hour; it was more like forty minutes. But I I dumped about twenty-five minutes of it. A lot of it, cool. A lot of it became irrelevant. A lot of it was before I would even like read all the facts of everything. You know, I was talking as if it was a criminal thing and not a civil case. But uh. which, which is, is dumb excuse me yeah anyway so hope you like that hope you you know dig the other thing dig the other things I'm going to talk about here and we're going to get to the other things now so let's get this thing rolling and oh football oh football oh football yeah so my commanders they beat the patriots but they also lost to the Seahawks, and they lost to the Giants again. Again, we make the Giants look like world beaters. Giants can't beat anybody else, but they can sure beat us every time. Okay, they, they have a quarterback named Tommy DeVito, and he stinks. And yet, what do we do? We make Tommy DeVito look like Tom Brady, which is what we do. If you want to get right, play the commanders. That's, you know, pretty much what it is. So, yeah, we it is, we, we 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 stink. And so, the only the only good thing to come out of this is now we can stop deluding ourselves when we talk about playoffs. Now we can just focus on finishing the season, and, you know what we're going to do in the offseason now look I want us to win I always root for us to win I do not root for us to not win I, I don't believe in tanking I don't because look whatever it is you're tanking for there ain't no guarantees that's going to work out either alright you can you think you're going to tank and go 4-13 and 13 and get the first pick and then you draft him out the first pick and he might stink okay or might get injured or whatever Oh, I mean, just... No. Okay. You play for the day. You play to win today. Because, look, if you win all the games... Because right now they're, what, um... Four and six. Something like that. Four and, four and seven. Yeah, four and... Seven, I think. Or they're either four and six or four and seven. All right. I'll give them four and six. Be nice. I mean, if they win the rest of the games and they would be 11 and 6. Right? They'd be 11 and 6, which would which would mean that they were a good team, right? So, why not root for them to play well enough to win the other 7 games? You should. Okay. You should <laughs> not root for them to be so bad that they lose the other 7 games and go 4 and 13. You know why? Cuz that means that they're bad. That means that they have they are very lacking in talent they go 4 and 13 alright which means you have a longer way to go to rebuild the team to be good okay I'd rather them play well enough to finish better than that because that means that you actually have players and now they're not going to win the other 7 games obviously but play well enough to I'd rather than play well enough to finish you know 8 and 9 or 7 and 10 even I'd rather than play well enough to finish that that way than to be so bad to finish 4 and 13 alright I know people well, you, you know you can be fooled when they're 7 and 10 or when they're around 500 you know they can trick you they can trick you into thinking they're further along than they are. Well, then, that's when you need... That's up to the front office. That's up to the GM and the coaches and all of that. To be, you know, to, to be honest and to, to make a better assessment. Yes, finishing with seven or eight wins... ...can deceive people into thinking that you're closer than you are. But... If you were that much closer, then well, look—you're watching film all year. If you're supposed to be like a knowledgeable expert on this stuff, then you—you you should be seeing the things that are deficient, right? You should be seeing the things that prevent you from winning, you know, some of those games that to get you from seven wins to eleven or twelve. And if you can't see those things, then, then, yes, then you are deficient. You are, you're you're not as good at your job as you should be. That's just what it is. So, yes, I would rather them win more games. I would rather them play well enough to win more games. And then, you know, and then we need to, again, honest assessment, honest evaluation. If, you know the guys in the secondary still getting burnt but you happen to win seven more games and then you still need better guys in the secondary. If the offensive line is still not blocking worth a damn but you managed to win seven games, you still need better blockers. Okay? Um, so, let's go win. Win as many as we can. Nothing wrong with that. Tanking is for suckers. He really is. Anyhow, um, it, 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 it's a, it's a stinky season, though. You know, look, Sam Howell, I think is a real deal. Um, just the question is, how good can he become? But I think he is a keeper. I think with some better blocking up front, that would alleviate some of the issues he's had. And also remember, he's a, this is his first year as a starting quarterback. Gotta remember that. But, yeah, I think there's a lot that would be cured through better blocking. And there's there's more, even more that would be cured if the defense was better and they didn't have to play from behind so much. Um, but we'll see. I think definitely for the time being, he's definitely a keeper though. I think that's one bright spot to the season. I think that we got good receivers, we got good running backs when they get a chance to do something. Um, Defensive line is good, but the rest of the defense stinks. So, I mean, there's a lot there. Um, there's some pieces to work with, but there's a lot that needs to be better. So, hey, we at to start at least, but it just kind of sucks going through it right now. But, hey, it could be worse. Their team's doing worse. I, I like our position right now better than, you know, the Patriots right now. Um, I like our position better than the Giants, even though we you know, continue to give it up to them like it's for free whenever we play them. Um, you know. But anyhow, enough of the football. We have more serious matters to attend to this time. All right, well, we're on the subject of the NFL. Um, I don't even feel like talking about this particular thing, but well, I don't know, it's just this thing with Carissa Thompson you know, Admitting that when she was a sideline reporter, she made up some of her reports. Um, Dan Levitard was like really, really upset about it, and he's going on about journalistic integrity, blah blah blah. Um, several other sideline reporters have been piling on her, basically for the same thing, for you know, for essentially saying, you know, just killing their all, all journalists and credibility that they have and that kind of stuff. Um and then there's the other side of the argument, people like Stu Guts, you know, Dan's co host, who basically is like, I don't care. He didn't care because it's it's not anything serious because she made up some sideline reports about football. And the reports she made up were not anything serious. They were not like injury reports or something. They were just coach platitudes. Right. Which One of the things that the sideline reporters are tasked to do is they talk to the coaches when they're going in the locker room for halftime and you know, get some quotes from the coach. And the thing is that the answers that the coaches give are usually a bunch of stupid platitudes. It's just, oh, we gotta run the ball better in the second half. We gotta stop turning the ball over. We gotta block better. We gotta tackle better. We gotta Convert on third down better. Yeah. Right, I mean, that's all, there is. like 99% of it is, is just that. Like just these, again, very blase platitudes stuff that, you know, you don't really care if they actually said it or not. Right? And so, yeah, I mean, so, and then some of those coaches, sometimes they don't give you anything. Like, even though, like, You know, they're supposed to talk to the reporters. Some of the coaches just don't. And so, you know, then the poor sideline reporter is left having to report something that they don't have and they got nothing. So she opted to just say, hey, yeah, coach told me they need do better on third down. Because if the coach had talked to her, that's exactly what he would have said. Right? he said something like that. Um, and when there is something serious, like somebody injured, then then that's different. Um. So look, there's some things that going on here. One. Okay. Well, one of the reasons she's getting flack for this one is because she just came out and admitted on a damn podcast. Um. Which you know that ain't the smartest thing to do, I don't think. But. The other parts of it have to do more than that. They don't have to do a journal. It's that look. She's a pretty blonde-haired white woman. Okay. Um. And sideline reporters are they're an add-on accessory to football games. All right. They are there just basically to grab our attention for a few more seconds. While we're watching a game. Right. Um, That's it. Right. When when there is some lull or stop in the action. They are there to. You know give us something else. To stay tuned for just for another 30 seconds. Right. Um, And that's it. And now the thing is. For some of these reporters. Well the. For many of these sideline reporters, they take their job very seriously and they go out to find information and you know it is their heartfelt belief that the way they get us to pay attention for those thirty seconds is to is that to provide us excuse me with information um, and then there are sideline reporters who. Well, I mean, how can I say this? Some sideline reporters were hired to be reporters. Some were hired to look pretty on the sideline, okay? It doesn't mean they're not capable of being reporters. But some of them absolutely were hired to be pretty more than they were hired to be journalists. Um, that's tough pill to swallow. Um... and one reason a lot of the sideline reporters are mad about this well look race comes into the matter here okay we're in the play here also okay because if you're not a pretty blonde haired white woman and you're a sideline reporter you do have to be a journalist you do have to treat it seriously okay you do have to act like you're reporting on watergate okay you do, and so those people are mad, right? Lisa Salters, who's a black woman, is, you know, mad. Um, many others who, you know, men, some of the male sideline reporters, and and some of the other women sideline reporters, you know, and even some of are even some white women sideline reporters, who were not happy about it because, you know, they don't fit the pretty blonde paradigm either. Even though, look, the folks are on TV, nobody's, like, it is rare that somebody that they put on camera every Sunday or several times a week, if it's like an NBA thing, it is rare that they put somebody in front of a camera who is not deemed, you know, some level of conventionally attractive, right? Um, But, of course, you know, for decades in our society, the pretty blonde white woman has been put above all <laughs> on that you know scale um, so yeah if you're not a, and yes and so these other sideline reporters of different races different ethnicities different genders even different hair colors uh, have all felt a kind of pressure to actually like be real reporters and to do real reporting and to get real information and if the coach doesn't give you anything the head coach doesn't give you anything you go fishing around to whoever will talk to you and you go try to stick your head you know as close to the sideline huddle as possible so you can overhear some stuff um so the all these other people feel like they had to do that they had to do that to get their job they had to do that to keep their jobs and then here's pretty miss little pretty Chris Thompson who didn't have to do any of that <laughs> okay and and now comes out even admits that you know, that the way she went about about her job back then when she was a sideline reporter, it looks lazy compared to what all these other folks are doing. And, you know, she's basically making it look like she's giving the impression that you don't have to do all that other stuff. Right? You just have to be quote-unquote good on TV. When in reality, um, Those other women, you know, Pam Holler would have gotten fired. Lisa Salters would have gotten fired. David Aldridge would have gotten fired. Um right, I mean Michelle DeFoyer would have gotten fired. Leslie Visser, you can run through all the names, right? They would have all gotten fired. But, you know, Krista Thompson doesn't get fired. Aaron Andrews doesn't get fired. And not only that, but in both their cases they were you know, they transitioned to hosting. Right? And they get the big money. Um, you know, they become brands and they have endorsements and they, you know, all these other things. Um, and whereas, you know, you get Lisa Salters and Pam Oliver, Justina Anderson. Um, you know, a lot of these other folks, you know, they, they didn't get to become brands unto themselves. Like, they, they just have a job. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of them, they're looking at her like, like, you know what? Like, you already got further than we did because of what you look like. And now you, mean you didn't even do the job. Um, that's what they're mad about, I think. You know that and because you know if you do the if you, you know if if you do the job just as good as us, as us they promote you further as it is. But now it's like you didn't even do the job, you still got it promoted. So I can understand why they feel some kind of way. Well, um, and what makes this what makes this weird is that. Ultimately, this is information that we don't really care about, right? It's information that we barely even listen to. You know, if they start reciting, you know, just coach platitudes, everybody checks out. Right? I mean, like Dan Levitard every week on his show, they have a useless sound montage, which is just, it's, you know, NFL coaches just saying coach speak and just saying platitudes. And that's most of the quotes that you get from these coaches that these silent reporters get. They could go right into the useless sound montage. So in essence, she's basically saying that, hey, instead of actually getting somebody to tell me some stuff to put it into the useless sound montage, I just made some stuff up. That I said that they told me some stuff that would go in the useless sound montage. And so... What makes it tricky is ultimately, again, it's the shit we don't care about. Um, that's just what it is. Right? We don't care. And that's the tricky part. Um... So I don't know what's gonna to happen to her. Um ultimately I don't care. That's the thing. I mean and that's the weird thing, is like like yeah, this is a this is a discussion topic. It, it, and there are some some it's a pretty loaded topic. There's some stuff to unpack in this thing, but ultimately we're talking about the category of news and a uh, type of information that we don't really give a shit about. So if she does get by, and so if nothing happens to her, that's basically why. Okay. And also because she's a pretty blunted white woman. <laughs> but you know, anyway. Enough of that. Okay, this is hot off the presses here. Um, so Diddy, Sean Combs, whatever you wanna call him, um, has been sued in federal court by Cassie, who was a bad boy artist. Uh, she's claiming years of abuse, assault, and a whole bunch of other bad shit. Um, I think she's too, from what I understand, she's suing in federal court because of the law, the statute of limitations is about to run out. Um, this is necessary. Um, here's, because, listen, um, there's been an environment Fostered in all walks of life, whether it's the corporate world, in sports, in education, in church, you know, you name it, where just predatory behavior towards women, mainly, has been fostered and encouraged and ignored and looked away from and... like you're wondering why there's so many predators just every fucking where it's because I mean the environment is again it's, it's nurtured it's fostered it's regurgitated it's you know recycled whatever you want to call it it is perpetuated and it takes a lot to even get one person you know charged in court and you know charged never mind a conviction right I mean um and you know if you do get them to court look what ha- look what happen like the whole thing with giant Depp and Amber Heard um I'm not taking a side in that um because I, I mean it-, it at least appears well I would you know personally speaking, not legally speaking um it at least seeming like Johnny Depp did something he wouldn't shouldn't have been doing um and she was, you know and belonged in the courtroom, but look at how she got dragged through the mud. look at how any every inconsistency every you know thing could possibly be drug up about her was drug up um unfortunately this is this is what happened to Cassie if this thing makes it court um so yeah. I hope she has the support around her to see her through this, and to get her to the finish line. Um, because that's what it's going to take. Like, it's going. People have to. It's going to take people who, you know, the the people who are brave enough to step out there and make a, a formal legal accusation. You know, they need the means and the wherewithal and the support and and, and the people and the protection. Quite frankly. To make it to the finish line, and you know, if if she has the you know if she has the you know the information to prove him guilty, then I hope. Then then that's what I want to happen, and more of these people, and they're mostly men. They need to be, I just you know, gossiped about. They need to be charged they need to be served they need to be taken to court they need to be investigated and they need to be found to be guilty the ones who are um and they need to go to jail um um <sighs> and no matter who it is we need to get these people out of here um I mean, that's what has to happen. And what we should not do is, you know, we have to stop. Well, not weak. I don't do this, but those of y'all who would like to immediately run to the, you know, them women be lying defense. Yeah. Y'all need to let that go, man. And just let the stuff be investigated. Let it be, you know. Let the guilt or innocence be found, and if if guilt was found, then then you need to let these people go. Let will go to jail. There's no there's there's no need to be out here defending somebody who was found guilty of abuse or assault or rape. You know, it, it, there's okay no. And yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of people. Def- I didn't see anybody defending Diddy because, well, there are a lot of people who don't like him, right? So it's it's easy to. This is an easy one. This is very easy to, to for everybody to jump up and say that they believe Cassie and they believe her story and they hope he gets justice. It's very easy to, to say that here because of who is being accused. Um. You know, um, but when it's somebody who's not so easy, you know, we got to have the same vigilance. And which is, you know, look, I'm not yelling to put him in jail today. But, you know, I want, but again, I want whatever the truth is, I want it to be found. I want it to be revealed. And. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the best, look, that's the best thing. And we need more people to more people to keep coming out. And they need the support again to take their case to the finish line, to get their case to the finish line and to get a verdict and and, and to get everything revealed. That's what's needed and that's what I'm hoping for here alright so um yeah that's yeah I think that's, that's, that's all I can really say here you know um So we'll end it here. All right. Um, so I did a whole lot of talking about Diddy only for him to settle a day after the lawsuit was filed. Um, so I got me good. Uh, cause I really didn't, I don't, I didn't you know. I'm glad it's over. Um, uh, that is not a thing I want to come back to and revisit and revisit and revisit like Jonathan Majors. Um, he settled. It took him 24 hours to settle. don't know for how much and obviously there's probably some non-disclosure agreement in place or whatever. Um, but he settled. He settled very quickly and Cassie issued a statement and he issued one as well for him to Bail out that quickly, basically means yeah he did that shit. Not okay, yes he did. Okay, did he do? Did he do everything that she said exactly the way that she said it in her lawsuit? I probably not. Look. Recollections are not all you know. We know. Look, recollections are not 100 percent, right? So, no, he he did not do every single thing exactly the way that she claimed in the suit. More than likely not. But is he guilty? Yeah. Is it and so there's two things here. Remember, it's it's a civil suit, it's not criminal. So, you know, the beyond a reasonable doubt is not a thing. Okay. All she gotta do is provide sufficient um basically you provide sufficient proof that, you know, for, for the jury to say, yeah, he did that shit. Okay. Um. Or he or he did something. That's all you gotta do is civil suit. It right. you was know, criminal. yeah, you gotta, you know, beyond a reason doubt, and all that stuff. Man. You gotta prove that that they did the thing that they're being charged with, and all that. Um, in this case, it's civil All you gotta do is prove that he is liable, yeah. and that is a much lower threshold of proof. He obviously did not think he would survive that. Thinking. and also that there probably there are things that he did not want coming out in the trial, and you know everybody likes being of discovery all the time. Um, it's not just discovery; it's also, I mean, when you get people testifying on the stand, um, you know, who knows? Like different business practices, um, just previous behavior what be brought back up. All types of things, right? And so you can't, if you're him, if you know that you're going to, that you are going to get a bunch of your shit pulled out there on you in ways that you're not going to be able to refute it. And also, whatever she sued him for, I mean, you get a sympathetic jury, you know, they might award more. Like you don't you don't want to take that chance. I mean, the jury might, if the, you know, the jury thinks that you're guilty as hell of everything, then they might award her more money than you know than you think going in. So he like, he did not want all that to get stuck with all that. Yes, he's guilty as hell. Okay, whether he's guilty of you know. 75% of it or 90% of it or 100% of it still guilty as hell. And which is why he, that's that's why he settled so quickly. Okay. That is why. And he offered her money to shut up before she even sued him. Okay. So yeah. Um so good. This is, you know, this is what we need, we need these things, we need these people taken to court, we need them sued, we need them put on trial, we need these things investigated, we need the truth to be found in all of these cases, and, when we get, if we are in a situation where, where the truth cannot be proved, you know, cannot be put out there in court of law, then, yes, we need civil suits, we need civil cases, we, we need people forced to write checks that they didn't want to write, yes. Um, And we need to stop with this idea that, oh, well, why'd you wait 10 years to sue them? Okay, abuse victims, you know, ain't no, ain't no proper, ain't no correct amount of time. <clears throat> Some people never talk about it, okay? Some people never get away from it. That's just what it is. So, you know, asking why she waited as long as is, is not a good question. And look, and you know what? If she had come out, if she if she had come out there the first time she experienced it, the first time she witnessed any of it, would you have believed her? Probably not. If You're not inclined to believe her now. You probably wouldn't have believed it from the beginning. Cause look, I remember people with Rihanna and Chris Brown. That that the, that police report came the same damn night, okay, and yet they were still out here, people out here putting a cape on for Chris Brown, even when we saw the police photos of Rihanna, shit kicked out of her, okay. people were still out here putting a cape on with Chris Brown. Or they was both fighting in the car. I mean, you know. Okay? So yeah, there's, there's no you know, sorry. There, there's no correct amount of time with which anyone who doesn't believe her now wouldn't have believed her then. Okay. That just that's let's not pretend. Okay. So that's good. That's important. You know, sue these people, man. Sue them if you can't get them charged. Sue them, That's right? Make them pay. Because look, man, these industries are ripe, full of abusive people, and if you're wondering why? Why are there so many abusive, just mean, nasty, evil kind of people in these businesses and in these industries? Well, it's because the entertainment industry is. You have a bunch of really talented people who are also very naive about how the business works and and many of them are also just clingy and emotionally needy and psychologically needy in all different kinds of ways Right? Um, they are ripe to be taken advantage of you know sports and entertainment Uh, right any industry that, that involves performing like the the performers are ripe to be taken advantage of and the people who run these businesses and, and, the, and the businesses and the industries are very inviting to predatory people <laughs> and that's why you end up what you end up with so yeah that's the important thing is that you know what gotta deal with these people man uh And you know you you deal with the ones that you get a chance to deal with, whether it, you know um, criminal, civil court, whatever. So he's hoping that you know whoever else is out there is able to do the same. Now let's move on to something a little happier. Huh? All right, since I'm uh, happier music news, that's uh Andre 3000 outcast you know um, put out this new album and it's flute music (laughs) it's literally him playing the flute for like an hour and a half Um, and it caught everybody off well it caught a lot of people off guard because word got out that oh Andre's got an album coming out and a lot like oh yay you know he hasn't put out a album in a long time and then as we got closer to the release date it was revealed that it was an album of him playing the flute <laughs> and a lot of people were like, Hurr? "You know," and then, uh, you know, some people were confused. Some people were like, well, "Dude, why are you playing a flute?" And then there are some people perpetrating like, "Oh, this is probably gonna be great. I'm gonna listen to this flute music." And then there are people who just did listen to it and enjoyed it. I have not listened to it yet. Um, but I found more interesting the question of him doing. Something other than rapping, you know, on an album, because some people, you know, most look, some people really just want him to rap, okay, and do a rap album. And he, he and he's been said that he just wasn't really feeling feeling doing that. That it wasn't felt authentic to him to be doing that at this point. Um, and of course, and he's forty eight years old. Kind of. know, it's one of those things where, you know, it kind of begs the question of art and commerce and all of that, and, you know, some people said on, one guy said on Twitter, I saw that, uh, like, hey man, Paul McCartney's still making music, and he's 80, right, and and it's funny because rap normally kicks people out at much earlier ages, um, It is, it has been customary to not be very welcomed to continue going when you hit 35, even. Um, even, you know, to this day, most rappers' highest selling work comes, you know, well before they turn 35. Um, so for people to be wanting him wanting him to do a rap record at 48 is something Uh, but you know there's been such a long practice of kicking people out so early that he probably felt as if he had been already kicked out anyway and just wasn't particularly enthusiastic about doing it then there's also that you know OutKast did six albums worth of stuff worth of six albums full of some of the best you know rap music ever made um, it's not crazy for him to think that, hey man, I gave y'all six albums of rap music. You know, leave me alone, <laughs> right, or let me do this. Because look, I mean, with, the, you know, with these long careers, you know, there's, you know, where people are still making music, you know, well past whatever their kind of peak sale point of whatever, or peak popularity, Um, some people like to experiment some people or some people, like, like some folks they just like going in a studio and recording music and putting it out and they're not worried about how much it sells anymore when they get past a certain age um, there's some artists who put out material you know very late in life and they feel it's every bit as good as the stuff that sold them the most records and sometimes it is. Uh, it just varies from person to person. And you know when it comes to making things or creating content or whatever you want to call it, whether it's music or writing or whatever, there are times we just don't feel like doing things a certain way or doing a certain thing. You know, uh, that was a time where I wrote a lot all the time. And then after a while, I didn't feel like writing anything you know, with this podcast, I used to, look, I used to do a new episode every week, and now, you know, for like the first, what, two seasons, I think, and in these last two seasons, I've kind of shifted it every other week, because I've found just, doing a lot of things, I've said everything that there is I have to say, and, you know, you find yourself now reacting to events, and then the events of the day aren't always things that you have a lot to say about. Or they're things that you don't feel qualified to talk about. Like, you know, all this stuff with Israel. I mean, quite frankly, I, I no, I do not feel qualified to be out here on a soapbox for 40 minutes talking about it. And I don't feel qualified to, to tell you you know, what your stance should be. So, I'm... This is why I tend to keep I keep it short and sweet. I have my one point that I kind of stick to. And and that's it. Yeah, I used to write, you know... I used to review almost every... You know, a lot more wrestling pay-per-views and a lot more movies than I used to. And then, um, and then after a while you find that, you know what? I, I don't really have anything particularly unique to say about this movie, or this wrestling show, or this comic book. You know, I, I don't. Sometimes, you know, my thoughts are simply, hey, that was good. Hey, that wasn't. And, you know, I don't have a whole essay in my mind to, you know, worth the stuff to say. That's just what it is. Like, he may not... Now, he, he's done some guest verses on some songs, and I had not... Like, I haven't heard them. because, I But... From what I saw, everybody said they were great. Guess the verses. That may be about all he has, he feels he has in him right now. Or that may be all he cares, you know, that may be about the extent of rapping that he cares to do right now. And if that's the case, if he, he, you know, if he does have some other stuff he would rather do, some other forms of music he'd rather make or whatever, then, then then that's exactly what he should do. Right? So look, he, he was talented enough to learn how to play the flute well enough to make an album. Um, if he wants, to, so look, you want to put out an album of playing the flute? Why not? Maybe next time he'll play the harmonica or something, right? I mean, it did, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, why not? Um, and look, he doesn't owe us any particular form of music to do, but. Well, he never did, but just from a standpoint of, you know, what has he done for us as music fans? Again, OutKast gave us six albums of some of the best rap music ever made. Um, After that, you know, to keep, to ask someone, him or Big Boy, to give us more of that if they want to do something else is... You know, is out of bounds, ask me. Also, since, look, we know and they know that anytime they go somewhere and they perform as outcast, they got to play outcast songs, <laughs> right? Um, that's kind of the, the, you know, that's kind of the trap you fall into as a successful recording artist. You have hits. When you get on stage to perform, the audience wants you to play the hits, right? I mean, you can sneak in some new stuff here and there, but... There's some different stuff, or, you know, some of the lesser known or less popular songs. You can sneak a few in. But the but the audience mainly wants you to play the hits. That's what they came for. All right, um Now you too know, they're doing this thing at the sphere in Las Vegas. And they are playing mostly songs from Octung Baby. And they and when and they play some songs from Joshua Tree and they play maybe some of their other hit songs from some other albums. They're not playing the obscure, you know, third or fourth song from October, right? They're, you know, their second album that was kind of of lost in the woods there, right? They're not doing that. Why? Because when you go to a YouTube concert, you want to hear where the streets have no name. Okay. You want to hear, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, right? You want to hear, you know, mysterious ways. You don't want to hear, you know crumbs from the table or some dreck. <laughs> right? Um so that I mean he's kind of you know so look, I mean Andre knows that if you know look again, if he gets a big performance he and Big Boy get up there and perform as outcast, they gotta do outcast songs. Um and also he knows that if he does look if he, if he makes if he did make a rap record, a rap album, it would be compared to the outcast songs. To the outcast stuff um and again outcast made some of the best rap music ever produced i can almost guarantee you that anything andre did today even if it was great you know people would not dig it as much as they did the outcast stuff and if he were to you know i mean and you know so look i mean there's a lot of things going on him feeling the way that he does and that's i think that's all there so i think you know what um I'll probably check it out. I may get around to checking it out eventually. If you're interested, you should check it out, and I hope it does well. And I hope it encourages and inspires other artists to try different things. Because so I think, you know, art gets better when people are willing to try different things, even if they eventually circle back to what you know to what they've always done. Right? I mean. You shouldn't be forced to do something different if you don't want to, but if you have a feeling, if you have an urge to do something different, to try something different, then why not? So, salute, Dondre3000. Good luck with this thing, man. And, um, all right, well, we're gonna get out of here. Have a couple of tributes. One, uh, to uh, Rosalynn Carter, Rosalynn Carter, wife of Jimmy Carter, former president, because that made her former first lady. Uh, she passed away over the weekend, and they both have been in hospice type care for a while now. Um, Jimmy Carter, again, for from, from my money. During my lifetime, Jimmy Carter was the best person to hold that office. Of president, um, you know, like just running for president as a serious as a serious candidate and, and doing the job requires a lot of kind of just craving opportunism. Uh, requires a lot of ego. Um, so. I'm not here to say that Jimmy Carter did not have any of those things. But as far as having them and. But allowing the, you know, having some other elements to your character which ultimately would win out over those things, right? I think Jimmy Carter possessed possesses those still more than anyone's ever held that office during my lifetime. Um, But, you know, Rosalind was there with him all the way, and, you know, she possessed all those qualities as well, Um, and the two wonderful human beings. Um... You know, Carter's presidency is, you know, considered a failure because, one, because he lost re-election and then the other because it ended with the Iran hostage crisis. So, um, yeah, but that doesn't take away from the nature of the people of Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. And so she has passed on. The next life, and we thank you, her, for you know what she did as First Lady and what she did after you know that time in the White House was over. Um, Great First Lady, great human being, great American. You can't be all three, Uh, and she was so thank you and god bless and you know condolences and you know prayers go out to all family loved ones friends and just thank you again uh the other one is for a not famous person um as the personal known as charlene holmes was uh passed away she was one of my aunts um she'd been dealing with cancer for a while and you know she finally her, her journey finally came to an end on this earth and uh went to the funeral you know earlier this past week and uh so just again my condolences to, to the rest of my family members since her family is my family um and it's been a kind of rough year cause um Uncle Birch, who was married to her for a while, uh, passed away a few months ago. So, um, if you're the praying type of individual, gladly take a few for both of them and for their children and for the rest of us. And that's going to do it for this episode. And as always, guys, have happy Thanksgiving. And um, oh, um, before I sign off, finally, uh, if you are a wrestling fan, uh, last the last episode and the next episode of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast with myself, DJ, and Jason, uh, we have, we are doing watch-alongs of some of the matches of Survivor Series um, last in. The episode we just finished that you can listen to now uh, we looked at two matches from the 2017 show and we are recording the next one we are going to record is from 2019 so if you're a wrestling fan do check those out otherwise as always guys <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving again and take care Yourselves take care of each other out there. God bless you guys. Till next time.